Blog Talk Radio. Are you tired of being sheep? Well, so is he. Get a friend, get informed, and get involved. It's We Are Not Cattle Radio. Yes, good evening and welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio, finally back on the air. Usually coming to you live every Tuesday and Thursday night from 9 until 11 p.m. Trying to get my mic situated here. What a joke this has been. So anyway, thank you for tuning in, guys. Podcast number 20 on the um, in the archives, I guess. It will be in the archives after this evening. So... Um, Thanks for letting me in your life. Thanks for letting me in your living room. Nothing collectivist about it. We're all beautiful, free individuals, and let's start acting like it, and um, let's start asking for some of our freedoms back. Excuse me. Asking is probably not the best way to get our freedoms back. Let's demand that we get some of our freedoms back. Now, one of the things that I did want to get into, I had a lot of interesting stuff happen to me recently. So... Nothing nearly as bizarre as what happened to me at that filling station the other day, but um, it's it's interesting when you progress as a person, you start to, well, when you start questioning things, you start questioning your own methodology and, and what you're doing and and how you're making a difference. So what what I've kind of figured out is that I have to always be making an impact. And I know that sounds really strange, but we live in strange times. I mean, let's face it. If you would have, if somebody would have come to you when you were, you know, all right, I'm, um, shoot, 34 years old. If somebody would have come to me 20 years ago, when I was 14 years old, and said, listen, everything that you learned about the communists, that's actually what America's going to do. Um, they're going to spy on you without warrants. They're going to listen in on your conversations. They're going to have an outrageous police force that will come and enforce just basically any law that's on the books to the extreme. Not serving the people, but showing the people that that they're slaves, basically. Showing you that, that, the, that the government and the officials and the people that, that have um, medallions and, and uniforms, those are the people that are in charge. And they're going to murder journalists. They're going to uh, arrest whistleblowers. They're going to anybody that tries to come out and say anything regarding the Constitution. They're going to say that they're dangerous and they're a threat to the party, and that that um, that government will become the new class, and that everybody will believe that since it's coming from the government, it has to be a good thing. Would you look at history and the way that our nation was set up, and the founders said the exact opposite of that. I mean, all of that stuff. It's like, listen, full transparency, you need to have a free society. Here's what you need to do, the blueprint. We've gone over it many times on this show before. And um, yes, if you want to get down to brass tacks, do I believe that government is a um, is something that we need? I believe that it is, in this day and age... If it plays any role whatsoever, it should be a very, very small role. 
and the people that go to be involved in the government should be the reluctant leaders and not the rah-rah cheerleading leaders that we have now. And we have a couple of them here in um, in my great state of Georgia, which I still haven't figured out how these numbnuts got elected. I really can't. And if you voted for these people, I'm sorry, but you got duped. They're they're both just excuse. Me, I'm talking about our senators. They're both equally equally horrific, equally horrific. If you look at it from a pure constitutional liberty freedom standpoint, like I do, they're horrific. One of them just happens to be the guy that I've quoted on the show a couple of times talking about how they only spy on the bad people. So through all of my revelations and all of my thinking, I decided that I have to do more. So I'm taking a career path that's going to absolutely let me do more. And I don't really want to get into it because that's that's my – I guess that's my public life. And I, I, I would like to refer to my podcast as something more of a a reflection more of a um, a barometer of what I feel like the the nation's going through, and with with my knowledge and information that I gain on a daily basis by you know, reading and trying to understand and, and listening to to audio books and, and listening to to great writers and reading great writers, and the more I realize that the information that is out there, the harder it comes for me or becomes the harder it becomes to really kind of push away and find out what what really is going to make the difference. And at the end of the day, it's very simple. You're going to make the difference. And that's all the mentality that we have to have. We have to have the mentality that we, the individual, the sovereign, we're going to make the difference. We're gonna we're gonna incite change. We're gonna invoke change. We're gonna force change, because we let's face it, humans don't like change. Nobody really likes change, especially when you get in the comfort zone. In a comfort zone would be, you know, you got a nine to five job and you're making pretty decent money and you got a couple of kids and 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 life just seems to be rolling along. And you know, in the back of your mind, that the Federal Reserve System is a sham and a fraud and it should, should be something that. That, that can never or should never exist because not that I don't trust the way that the system works, but I just don't trust people. I, I like people. I enjoy people. I don't trust them. You have to earn my trust. And that's the way that we need to start looking at these politicians. Somehow, in some way, that some, some programming um, – I don't know what it is. Something that we went through um, growing up in my generation, I guess the generation before mine and the generation after mine, were very trusting people, especially of government people. And I love Joe Rogan's new show. It's called Question Everything because that's what you should be doing. You should have been doing this a long time ago. Shoot, I should have been doing this a long time ago. But the more you question, the more questions you have. Because one question will be God, another question will be God, another one, then you're then you're off and down the rabbit hole. So we need to stay in the parameters that are going to be able to affect change. Chemtrails is a good example. I was a believer in chemtrails. I still do believe, you know, I don't put it out of the realm of possibility that the government could be spraying us with stuff. But when you look at the way that the science was performed, it's it's a little shady at best. 
So obviously it's going to be like the same as the the global warming people. They're looking for a, a positive outcome or they're looking for a desired outcome and they perform tests and then they get the desired outcome they want and then they run with it. Even if the test is a little bit tainted, they leave that part out and it kind of goes from there. So is chemtrail something that we can really grasp our, you know, really wrap our head around and really get involved in? No, it's really not. GMO food. You can't deny that the way that the American population has been fed additives and preservatives for the past 20 years has not had a negative effect on our longevity. It really has. You saw us drop from one of the healthiest nations on the planet to now we're barely in the top 50, and we have the highest obesity rate of almost any nation in the world, and it's because it's it's because of what we're putting in our body. And then you have a a fertilizer company, Monsanto, that created Roundup back in the 80s. If you once again think of all this stuff, if you were 20 years ago, if somebody would have told you this stuff 20 years ago, there's no way you would have believed it. Hey, Jake, the people that created Roundup, they're going to be making your food when you get older. They're going to be they're going to be creating the food that you're going to put on your table. I would have thought, no way, Roundup. You mean the stuff that you could just accidentally spill in the yard and it kills everything? Trees, grass, everything done? They're going to create my food? I don't think so. It's happening. Cancer viruses in the vaccines, vaccine damaging, autism, all those things. Is that something that we can prove? There's been spot studies saying that, hey, you know, these are actually causing, you know, this is actually causing autism. And I had... um, I had Dr. Rebecca Carley on my show. Good gosh, it must have been six months ago. I got to get her back on. She was going to go over to Kenya and do some stuff, or to the Congo, I think, to uh, to stop some UN vaccine stuff over there. But you know, having discussions with her, and then and then talking to some people that I know have who know personally who have vaccine damaged kids, and I'm about to have a kid. So what do I do there? You kind of get tied up in the whole. Who do I believe deal? And that's kind of what I'm trying to get at here, is that we have all these different topics and all these different ways that we can approach tyranny and that we can approach you know, being, being enslaved and, and being enslaved on purpose, might I add. This is not for our benefit. This is on purpose what's going on. You can call me conspiracy theorist, tinfoil hat. You know what? I'm coining another phrase tonight, and I hope a lot of people are listening. Um. Shouts out to my friends over at Adam versus the man. All you guys, you're all beautiful, great individuals um, that have um, an incredible amount of courage. Uh, Adam Kokesh, big tip of the hat to you, man. You have incredible courage, also. But that's what it's going to take in this fight. And people want to, people want liberty, but they don't want to. It's like they don't want to make the effort to do it. Well, now we're going to start getting to the efforts that we need to make and how we can do it and how we can invoke change. There's a lot of things that we can touch on. There's a lot of ways that we can expose the system. And take cannabis for example. That's a that's an incredible that's an incredible way to show the hypocrisy in the system. To show how big banks and big corporations are actually profiting off of putting nonviolent offenders in jail. Heck, I've got a um I've got a report here that I'm going to get into later talking about a judge is actually sentenced to 25 years for taking bribes to send people to private prisons. This is the problem. 
There's a lot of really big problems. We have the NSA that's a problem. The private prison structure is a problem. These uh, unconstitutional wars are a problem. They're driving us into bankruptcy and driving us over to the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve owning our nation's debt is a problem. Those are the problems. Michael Hastings' death, that's a problem. Nobody wants to talk about it, and then his wife gets up on CNN, and God rest her, I don't know what the hell happened to her, but man, that was creepy. I mean, I've seen the video of the car crash. I've slowed it down. I mean, I've seen it. It's suspicious to say the least. And now we've become part of this society that is just... It's either you have people willfully denying what's going on, which a lot of this is. It's willfully denying. And then you have people that are that are starting to get angry. Well, good. Welcome to the party. We've been here for about five years. It's called the Liberty Movement. Hallelujah. Amen. Welcome to the show. But I've only been here for three years because I can't break out the pom-poms. There's people that I know that have been doing this stuff since Ron Paul ran the first time. They've understood liberty. They understood freedom. Now we all have to understand it. And it's really not that difficult to understand. Hey, do you want people spying on you all the time? No. Do you want people coming into your house and looking through your stuff? No. Then you probably want a little bit of liberty in your life. And if people only understood what comes along with liberty, then they wouldn't be so afraid. And what I do see from the population now, which is really getting me excited, is that you do see that even the mainstream comedies, the mainstream, are really turning the establishment into a joke. When all this new stuff, new stuff surfaced about the NSA, instantly there's there's chatter from Al Qaeda that they're going to attack us and woo, booga booga booga. Nah, not going to happen, guys. Because the American people have been through this once before, and it was called 9-11, and we watched what you guys did and how well you protected us after the quote-unquote terrorists quote-unquote hit us with the quote-unquote attack we could have never seen coming, even though quote-unquote there was multiple attack plans. And you simulated simulated a drill on the exact same day at the exact same time depicting the exact same situation. So other than the fact that you guys never thought about simulating a drill at the exact same time, at the exact same place, with the exact same situation, with the exact same person to blame, you know, other than that, you guys did an excellent job. And there's another thing that I wanted to get into also, and this is just basically setting up the show, because the first part I'm going to go into the um, the NSA s- stuff. I've got clips from General Alexander um, saying that he never lied to Congress, and then I've got the actual clip of him lying to Congress. So, hey, and this is another thing that I've kind of figured out about this um, this old guard that's going through Congress right now. Hey, guys, you might want to learn how the Internet works. You might want to learn how to do it. Because as much as you think that you're helping the country and that you're doing this for the – you know, for the betterment of the nation and its national security, and you get all these fancy things. Don't say stuff that we can't go look up that you said six months ago on YouTube, and then tell the public that you never lied. Come on. I mean, we're, listen. I know that you're afraid. Okay, I know that it that it's that it's really scary that the American public is probably going to start reining you guys in because this stuff is getting way out of control. We're going to take away all your toys. We're going to take away all your gadgets. We're going to take away all your you know, big manly stuff so you can go over and terrorize people in other countries on our dime. We're going to take all that stuff away from you. 
And I know I don't sound like a good American not supporting a bunch of unconstitutional wars, but you know what? So call me a not-so-good American because I believe in what our founding fathers wrote about, and that was that we should have no foreign entanglements and we should have relationships with everybody. And I know that, oh, well, they wrote that document 200 years ago, and that doesn't apply. Really? That doesn't apply. Well, the fact that we've never tried it, first of all, would be a, a, a good start. Now, do I believe in agorism? Do I believe in volunteerism? Yes, absolutely. But see, there needs to be a, a strategy. There was a strategy to defuse the nation. There was a strategy to rip the American um, framework apart, pylon by pylon. There was a plan in place, and they're executing the plan. They've conquered us financially with the, with the bankers. They have, um, they've opened the borders up. And they have, you know, they're looking at the Trans-Pacific Partnership and the Transatlantic Partnership and all of these things that would ship all these jobs over everywhere and make corporations all, you know, above the law and you can't sue them, just kind of like what happened with Monsanto and nobody gets in trouble and nobody cares. So all the funsies is going to, it's going to end, guys. It's all going to end. Liberty is extremely popular. So what I'm trying to get at here is that in order for us to make change, we have to do things together and we have to organize. Believe me, the corrupt system that is actually gutting this country and that is turning your life into a living hell or what will be a living hell in about five years, if they keep going along with all this stuff. There, there's an actually a New York Times article coming out now with the quote-unquote, the trusted traveler. Oh, yeah. Every authoritarian system has it. The trusted traveler. Just get this. Just, just don't get the, just don't put the star on me. Just, I'm, I'm a good, I'm a good citizen. It's all coming because they're going for broke, guys. They are going for absolute broke. You want to talk about raging authoritarianism? They're going for broke. I got Saxby Chambliss sitting there telling me that we only spy on the bad guys, and if he says the word bad guys one more time, what is a bad guy anymore? What the hell? Al-Qaeda's a bad guy? But don't we fund them in Syria to take down Assad? Well, Assad's a bad guy. So we fund the bad guy to take out the bad guy. Well, yeah, that's how you do it. It's called controlled opposition. No, I understand how you do it. I understand what you're doing. But the American public doesn't get it. And it's really hard to get because you've been sold on this idea with the flags and the presentation and the salutes and the moment of silence and all that stuff… That man, your government just cannot do any wrong. Cannot. I mean, it's the it's the American government. That's your people. Those are your people. So, a lot of stuff coming up. Um, got the NSA stuff coming up. Like I said, I've got uh, some articles that I wanted to get into. Obviously, I wanted to get into the judge and all that stuff. The trusted traveler coming out should be so much fun to talk about that. I think I got a friend of mine on the line here. Let me see if I can pull him up. Caller, you are on the air. Welcome to the People's Show. Hey, Jake. It's Jake. What's up? It's um, Once again, we are not going to talk in um, third person, guys. This um, actually is one of my friends. You did earlier, though. You did earlier. I, I caught you. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Listen. It's all right. So. We all have moments of weakness. Just don't expose <laughs> mine over live radio. So anyway, sure. thanks for thanks for coming on, man. And um, 
I do have some some really good stuff to get to. Uh, I got a Ron Paul clip that's that's really good. I've got um, some NSA stuff that I wanted to get into. But um, what did you think about me babbling on for like fifteen or twenty minutes there, trying to get? I'm trying to bring some focus to the liberty movement because it's kind of like we're all scattered all over the place. There's people that want um, a couple of different things. I mean, everybody's got their own, I guess, ideas of what they want. But um, my idea is that we just need to to start with let's let's start with impeaching Obama, and that's what I was going to get into. If we can unify everybody on this front of impeaching Obama, I know that that's not going to do anything to the power structure, but at least it'll send a message to the people that come into office that hey. Now the American people is kind of watching what you're doing. Now, if it'll go through, whatever. Who knows? Who knows with the way that Congress is all bought off? But at the end of the day, we do need to start holding these people accountable. These people that lie to Congress, we need to hold these people accountable before. That used to be a jailable offense, and now it's kind of just like glaze over, nobody cares. What, um, what's your thought, man? What do you think a good focal point for us for liberty would be? I completely agree with your sentiment. I mean, there needs to be a focusing of efforts. There's just so much stuff that's going on that you can just kind of get lost in in all these arenas where. No, where that's what I said. It's like you you, yeah. you go through like it's like you have chemtrails. You have you have you have people that want you know GMOs out of their food. You have people that want to legalize marijuana, which is perfectly yeah. credible. You have all these different prongs, but it's like we're we're all kind of forming these little these little cliques and and the establishment and and the people that run this crime syndicate that we're up against cuz it really is it's a, it's a crime syndicate it's a mafia so these people are highly organized that's how that's why it's called organized crime everybody so how do we do that how do we unite everybody and 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 get everybody focused on a on one good talk track and then once we knock that pillar down then we move to the next one uh, well, I mean, I'm with, I mean, and that becomes the problem. It's like I'm with you on so many of these things, and, and, and we agree on, on trying to make make ground on so many of these different front, uh, fronts, but you see, like, when Ron Paul left, he was trying to audit the Fed, and I think that would be a pretty valid, I mean, it, it seems so simple. I mean, that's not mm-hmm. even like trying to dissolve the Fed. It's just let's make them accountable. So I think that would be, I don't, you know, and I don't know what, haven't paid attention to what happened to that bill. I know that it, it had some steam for a while, and then you know when Ron Paul left, I haven't, I haven't really heard too much about it. But I, I think that would be a really valiant effort too, and a good thing for all of us to come together on because you have to sort of say, well, what's the source? Is Obama really the source, or is he kind of a puppet for the central banks? And mm-hmm. everyone's got their own main, you know, idea of what the what the ma- major concern is. For me, I guess it's central banking, but for because I kind of see, you know, where where the money is is where the power is, but everyone kind of has their own philosophy in those regards. I think that the reason I like impeaching Obama so much, and it's not because I have anything against you, President Obama. Actually, I I have a ton against you and against your policies and, and signing the fact that you can secretly lock me away and um, throw away the key and give me no trial because you can say that I'm associated with a terrorist. I think that I think that I like that a lot, and I like your idea as well, equally. But here's here's the only challenge that I have. I have a hard enough time getting people to understand that we borrow our money from a private bank anyway. You know, I have a hard time getting people to understand the fact that 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 your government doesn't issue your currency. A private bank decides what the cash flow system in America will be. And since what was it, two thousand and 
and 11 or 2012 that they said that they're not going to let us know what the money supply is. So now they're just printing money and you know monetizing T-bills but not telling us how much money is in the money supply. So that's a really complicated issue for people that just don't get they don't get complex um I guess trains of thought or or can't really oh, what's the great word here? What's the word I'm looking for? They can't really decode all of the brainwashing that they've been through with their indoctrination for the 12 years of schooling and such that tells you that the the government's your friend and that you know everybody deserves an equal share. They can't even come to grips with that, so I want them to try to take this giant leap and and just understand that hey, this is bad and these guys are the ones that are that are basically war profiteers. Sure. Well, yeah. So, so what makes uh, the impeachment of Obama any uh, easier of a of a cause? Is it things such as Benghazi, or what? What is your uh, it's, well, what is your foothold uh, to, to? Okay, so that the, so the Benghazi thing. Even CNN is coming out now, which is which is incredible because I've seen CNN and it's Jake. Is it Tapper? Is it the, Tapper is the one that's actually doing yeah, some Tapper. of the real good. He's doing really good journalism over there. He covered Bilderberg, and he, he, you know, he's obviously covering the Benghazi thing that that um, that Alex Jones and those guys broke like last year. But you know, that's once again side note. Um, but I think that the reason that I like the Obama thing so much is because that he is such the establishment. He is the establishment. The guy's got his own damn emblem for Christ's sakes. I mean. He, he, he's got his emblem, he runs the persona, and anything that he tells you, he's going to do the exact opposite. So if we can at least get the public to pay attention to that, because all you have to do to get the public to pay attention to that is show them a couple of YouTube videos. If you want people to understand the Fed, you have to show them a lot longer of a YouTube video. So my saying is that if we can at least get people to look at Obama and look at how politicians lie. And it's not like that they don't know that they lie. I just don't think that, that, they, that the population knows to what extent that they're lying. I, I really don't. I don't think that they have a clue about Benghazi. I don't think that they have a clue about any of these other things because I don't think they have a clue about Fast and Furious. I mean, that's an impeachable offense right there. I mean, if you look at all these things that they've done and they're brazenly out in the open, if we just hold them accountable, then maybe that'll make everybody's butt cheeks in Washington you know, clench up a little bit and go, holy crap, these guys might actually kick us out. Maybe we're not God. And that's the kind of message that you would sing or see if you if you went for Obama. Now you're going to have people that you don't agree with that are going to want to impeach him for for different reasons. Don't listen to those people. Just understand that you got to do go out there and do the right thing for your country. And the right thing for your country is going to be, and I hate to use that because once again it's just a group of people on a landmass with invisible lines drawn by you know drawn by people the, hundreds of years ago. But still, think of it as as some way to unite everybody and just say, look, we know that we don't want this. We know that we don't want to be spied on. We know that we don't want this. We know that we don't want that. And then we can kind of start moving from there. Do you think that's a that's a pretty fair way to go about it? Sure. I mean, yeah. And I, again, you know, I'm cautious when you start. You know, you started to espouse a couple of national. No, I know, I know. Yeah. There. But I mean, you're you're kind of trying to frame it to, in in ways that they understand. So correct, I, I get what correct, 
Correct. And and you can't use because if you're talking to a status kind of kind of like if you're talking to somebody that's still in the matrix, you know, somebody that doesn't really pay attention to news and their news is ESPN to these people. And I, I have a lot of them in my life and they're great people. But once again, they don't really know what's going on in the world. So use the terms that they can understand. And, and one of the things that yeah. I've said. Yeah, go ahead. That's what the media tries to I mean, that's what mass media does right now. I mean, the people that run it, I mean, maybe not the mm-hmm. newscasters, but the people that run it, they know these things. They know mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're awake. They just are, are, you know, they just understand that they're on the right side of things, so they're not really too concerned about it. Right. They get They get paid to basically dispel rumors and push out simple-minded propaganda. And, um, and I know this sounds really bizarre, but let's let's transition into the NSA really quick because with all of these revelations coming out now, once again, these are things that we've we've talked about in the in the Liberty community for a while. It's like you understood the capability was there, how, what extent they were doing it, we really didn't know. And then Snowden came out and gave us all kind of a, a bird's eye view of what's going on or or the capabilities of what they could have going on. So the first clip that I want to go to is. I want to go to, and it's way down here at the bottom because it was my last upload, so give me a moment. It was, um, oh, good gosh. This is um, this is Alexander. This is General Keith Alexander um, giving a speech to a, bunch, to a hacker's convention. And I'm sure you've heard this before, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to, after I play this clip, I'm going to get your take on it. And then I'm going to back it up with a another clip from Hank Johnson who is a representative here from Georgia. Um, not too much applause, Hank, because you did vote to continue the NSA spying, which is absolutely ironic after you hear this these stream of questions that he asked the guy. But as I was saying before, Jacob, what is it with these old politicians that they act like we don't have an Internet? Like they act like we, we can't find out what they said six months ago, where Obama's like, yeah. I never said that, and like, Dude, it's right here. Whoa! whoa, whoa. I, I just we've don't got, get. I, I mean, I've got a, I've got an old Republican politician, the House of Representatives, uh, Jim Sensenbrenner, who's doing the same thing. I mean, he's acting like he's coming out against all this, but he was completely supporting all the Patriot Act stuff when it came out. So mm-hmm. it's, it, it's just common practice. It's whatever's popular at the time. They just, they just run with. Mhm. I saw a really great, great. Um. Uh, gosh, it was like a little picture on. On Facebook, that my friend sent me. It was a representative here from the 32nd district, and it was Congress, or it was the state, the local state um, legislature, asking him, "Why do you vote no on all these bills?" And he said, "Because I actually read them." <laughs> so I thought that that was absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Ron that was like, that that's, that's a mean, Ron Paul yeah. moment. He's like, I yeah, look at it. If, totally. it does, if it's against the Constitution, then I vote no. I mean, there's a reason they called him Doctor No back in the day. So. Anyway, here's the James Clapper clip, and then I'm um, actually that's not what I or the um, Alexander clip, and then after that I will play um, the uh, just a portion of his interview with Hank Johnson, where Hank was asking him specific questions about the NSA's capabilities, and this was just last year. So very pertinent. And once again, guys, understand that when these guys are talking and they're trying to smooth talk and you know think that everybody's. You know, everybody's just going to buy it because I say so. They're very arrogant. They're full of chutzpah. They got bravado, whatever you want to call it. But now when you watch these guys on interviews, they look a little rattled. And you should be because you're starting to realize that you're not in it 
for the best interest of, if you want to call it the quote-unquote the country, or if you just want to call it the people, you're you're really not in it for the best interest of the people, and you can say how many dozens of terror attacks that you've stopped, and then you come out with a phony terror warning for this weekend or this entire week, which is just kind of crazy, but... Anyway, here's the Alexander clip, and then I'll get Jake's take on the backside. People say they're listening to all our communications. That is not authorized. That's the fact. What you're hearing, what you're seeing, what people are saying is, well, they could. The fact is, they don't. Our nation takes stopping terrorism as one of the most important things. Freedom! Exactly. And with that, when you think about it, how do we do that? Because we stand for freedom. Amen. Not that. But I think what you're saying is that in these cases, what's the decision? Where's the discussion? And what tools should we have to stop those? You gave us no discussion. You just did it. Why to Congress? Why would we believe you're not lying to us right now? I haven't lied to Congress. (laughs) We got the Internet, bitch. Yes, you did. Thank you for that. But I do think this is important for us to have this discussion because... All right, I got to I gotta shut it off, dude. Why is he talking to a bunch of grown men like they're a bunch of little children, like he's reading some kind of bedtime story? Because he has the podium. I mean, that was just... Isn't that really odd to go, well, we're really trying for freedom. And the three bears went into the woods, and Goldilocks could not find any bed that she would like to sleep in. It's just really, really bizarre. So, well, there's um, a lot of fairy tale terms. I mean, they're not defining terrorism. Obviously, you know, the war on terror is supposed to be perpetual. That's why it began. I mean, that's the whole point of it. So. Hey, and I watched that Russo interview that you were talking about. That Good. was incredible. Wow, yeah. that's incredible. Wow. Anybody, if you haven't seen it, Alex Jones interviews uh, Aaron Russo, a filmmaker who made uh, America Freedom to Freedom to Fascism, and then um, some other some other uh, documentaries. And he also made uh, Trading Places, which is one of my all time favorite comedies. So, and he knows the game really well. And some of the stuff that he was saying was um, was pretty creepy. And right now, I'm I'm listening to a, a book called um, I don't know if I brought this up on the last show or not. It's called The Origins of Totalitarianism by Hannah Arendt, and that book will make your head spin because a lot of the things that they talk about in these totalitarian regimes, ta-da, we've got them, everybody. Woohoo! Freedom is just a myth, man. Freedom is just a myth. All right, so here is Hank Johnson talking to, um, once again, General Keith Alexander and asking him questions directly involving – the NSA's capabilities of gaining data. I'm going to leave you unmuted because we we can have some really good commentary for this one. But uh, General Alexander, um, if Dick Cheney uh, were elected president and wanted to detain and incessantly waterboard every American who sent an email making fun of his well-known hunting mishaps, 
what I'd like to know is sure. does the NSA have the technological capacity to identify those Cheney bashers based upon the content of their emails? Yes or no? No. Bullshit. Yes. The uh, the question is, where are the emails and where is NSA's coverage? I assume by your question that those in emails are in the United States. Correct. Mm -hmm. NSA does not have the ability to do that in the United States. Bullshit. Oh, my God. I sneeze. When you say the emails are located, uh, let's make sure we're talking about the same thing. An American emailing another American um, about Dick Cheney, and uh, does the NSA have capacity to find out who those parties are by uh, monitoring, by the content of their email? Metadata? No. The, oh, yeah, sure. In the United States, we would have to go through an FBI process, a warrant, to well, get that and serve it to somebody to actually get it. Oh, really? Well, you do have the capability of doing it. But not in the United States. Not without a warrant. Oh, yeah. No, no. We don't have the technical insights in the United States. Oh, in other no. words, you have to have something to intercept or some oh, way of doing so it. Either by going or is it a warrant? Provider with a warrant. No, there we go. Or you have to be collecting in that area. We're not authorized to collect, nor do we have the equipment in the United States to actually collect that kind of information. Oh, you don't have the equipment. Yes, it's a article in Wired magazine reported this month uh, that a whistleblower formerly employed by the NSA has stated NSA signals intercepts include, quote, eavesdropping on domestic phone calls and inspection of domestic emails, end quote. I mm -hmm. Is that true? No. No, not in that context. The question that or I think what he's trying to raise is no, that we're grabbing everything. Yeah, all the information in the United States. No, that is not correct. <laughs> so you think you the author of the Wired magazine article, his name everything is James right. Bashford. He writes that uh, NSA has software that quote searches U.S. sources for targeted for target addresses, locations, countries. Mm -hmm and phone numbers, as well as watch-listed names, keywords, and phrases in email. Any Freedom. communication that arouses suspicion, especially those to or from the million or so people on the agency watch lists, are automatically copied or recorded and then transmitted to the NSA. Is this true? No, no. it's not. Is that from James Bashford? Uh, yes. Does the NSA routinely intercept American citizens' emails? No. <coughs> Does the NSA intercept Americans' cell phone conversations? No. Google searches? No. Text messages? No. I'm sorry. Amazon.com orders? No. No. Bank no. records? No. What we don't have computers at the NSA. Is required for NSA to intercept communications and information involving American citizens. Within the United States, that would be the FBI lead. If it was oh. a foreign actor in the United States, the FBI would still have to lead and could work that with the, with NSA or other intelligence agencies oh. as authorized. But to conduct that kind of of
collection in the United States, it would have to go through a court order, and the court would have to authorize it. We are mm -hmm. not authorized to do it, nor do we do it. Thank you. Uh, General, the NSA is an agency of the Department of Defense, mm -hmm. and uh, you are, uh, in, in addition to your responsibilities as Cybercom commander, you are a director of the National Security Agency. What limitations does the Posse Comitatus Act place on the NSA's legal authority to intercept domestic communications? None. We got rid of it. See you. Well, I think the intent of the Posse Comitatus and the impacts that we have for collecting in the United States are the same. And the fact is we do not do that in the United States without a warrant. Oh. Thank you, and uh, I'll yield back. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, everything's fine, dude. The NSA actually doesn't even have computers. So they can't capture any of that. They don't have the technology, Jacob, to or Jake, to, to catch any of the data. No, yeah, there's no way. They don't have those capabilities. He couldn't even he went back on it and then he then he kinda went back on that again. He, he couldn't even get a story straight. It's just sad. No. Do you have hair on your head, sir? No. I don't. No. No. If I just say it like that, then everybody should believe me. All right, we're going to practice your lying. All right, when they ask you, do you have a computer in your office, you tell them no because you work at the NSA and you don't spy on make sure. Yeah, make sure your voice goes down, doesn't go up mm -hmm. so they can't no. tell that you're lying. It's just like the no. same tactics they treat, uh, teach people to use for uh, lie detector tests, right? I mean, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, but every... mm -hmm. No. No, no. No, I never um I never saw that. Never saw that. And what's amazing is that you had whistleblowers even before Snowden came out. That's why I just get so like sick about it. You know, you look at William Benny and Draker and all these other guys that came out and told you, you know, like, a couple of years ago, like, hey, look, they're doing this stuff, you know, this is what's really going on and everybody's just kinda like, Oh well, whatever. You know, it's just some whistleblower. Now it's now it's all mainstream, and they're trying to backpedal on it. So I think it's just, um, I think it's fun to watch. Um, that's what I used to love about sales is like watching people squirm. I know that's kind of sick and demented, but like you ask people hard questions, and they get they get kind of squirmy, and they start moving around in their chairs, start sweating. I mean, if you watch here, here's the here's another one for you. So this is James Clapper, yeah, buddy. So some more lying to the people, but remember, it's all okay because they're government officials. Remember, they're officials. They've been elected. They have uniforms and badges and all kinds of fancy things that um, they're much more important than you are. So you just you just don't understand because you're just a civilian. So if you were, you know. Royalty like these people that work in government, you would absolutely understand. Here's the James Clapper clip, and then I'm going to go into um, a little bit of sax chambliss for everybody. What a great day. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the We Are Not Cattle podcast. This is the People Show, so if you want to call in and comment, we do a roundtable discussion. You can call in at 602-753-1916, or if you're listening to us live on Blog Talk, you can click the little Skype icon. It'll take you right here to us, throw you in the queue. And we can get your thoughts on all these things that we're talking about here. And, you know, the real issues in America, not whether, um, what's his nuts, uh, Aaron Hernandez killed those people, even though that that, uh, that should be a story. But um, you know what? Not nearly as important as all of these that we're talking about here. Because this is your freedom in your future. So if you don't care about your freedom in your future, then 
Hey, football just started last weekend. Hall of Fame game. What a game, huh? I, I have no idea. Anyway, here's the James Clapper clip, everybody, and we'll be back on the backside. Just, just one, Madam, Madam Chair, and I, I thank you, and just for you, Director Clapper, again on the surveillance front, and I hope we can do this in just a yes or no answer because I know Senator Feinstein wants to move the on. The answer is last no. Last summer, the NSA director was at a conference, and he was asked a question about the NSA surveillance of Americans. He replied, and I quote here, the story that we have millions or hundreds of millions of dossiers on people is completely false. The reason I'm asking the question is having served on the committee now for a dozen years, I don't really know what a dossier is in this context. So what I wanted to see is if you could give me a yes or no answer to the question, does the NSA collect any type of data at all on millions or hundreds of millions of Americans? No, sir. Mm. It does not. No. Not wittingly. There are cases where they could in inadvertently perhaps oh. Uh, mm -hmm. Collect, but not not wittingly. All right. Thank you. I'll have additional questions to give you in oh, writing. Oh yeah, in that yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Unwillingly, we collected everything that you've ever done. Your frequent shopper card, all the way down to your text messages and phone calls and your Facebook chats. But we inadvertently did that. Right? Whoops. <laughs> My bad. I'm so sorry. So, um, one more clip, and this is, um, it's a Saxby Chambliss, so I am so sorry I'm bombarding you guys with clips, but um, Saxby Chambliss, for those of you that don't know, might be the biggest southern draw, good old boy sounding man you have ever heard in your entire life. This is the guy that was up there with Diane Feinstein. And said, we're just collecting metadata. It's just metadata. It shouldn't be worried about it. Now, here is, um, here is. I just want to set this up on how much of an establishment guy this guy is. This guy is just awesome. So, Saxby Chambliss, here's my first clip. Um, Jacob, or Jake, for the record, has Assad used chemical weapons in Syria? That is a yes or no question. Okay. Right. That would, is that how that would, it, does, that, does that pass the lie detector or no? No. Well, yes. Okay. No. Okay, so Assad has not used chemical weapons. Al-Qaeda tested the chemical weapons, but remember, we fund them. They're the good guys. Um, right. So here is a clip from Saxby Chambliss on CNN. Now, don't, don't tell me this guy can't pull the line, man, because he can pull that Republican establishment rhino line. Here we go. Enjoy, everybody, watching your country get sold down the river by a bunch of douchebags. In the meantime, we have Senator Saxby Chambliss. He is the vice chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee on the phone. Uh, Senator mm -hmm. Chambliss, your reaction to this news today? Well, I think it's time uh, that the president uh, came out and said that we now know, and because we validated it over the last several months, that Bashar Assad has, in fact, used chemical weapons against his own people in Syria as well as against the opposition rebels.
So when the president said that was a red line, um, I wish that as soon as that had been validated, that he would have stepped up and said the United States is not going to stand by and see more innocent people in Syria get slaughtered. Uh, but I am glad that he's stepping up right now. And the center. All right, I, I had to stop it because number one, I think I almost threw up the tea that I was drinking. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the most – if you understand what is going on over in Syria, that is the grossest statement you have ever heard in your life, that innocent people are being killed. Who would you decide is innocent? Would you say the Christians and the other women and children that are getting thrown off of rooftops by al-Qaeda or the other just regular peasants that are running around getting blown up by missiles from al-Qaeda forces that we fund that are over there in Syria right now? And it's not like this isn't up for debate. It was up for debate a couple of times. It was up for debate last week whether we should keep funding Egypt that had an overthrow and now the military coup, and now it's like we don't know who's in charge, but we're still going to send them $1.2 billion a month. That seems reasonable. So that's that drives me absolutely insane with these people. I mean what the, who, who buys this crap? I mean, Jake, what do you think about that? What do you think about him just going and just saying, well, we now have it. We need to – and basically he was talking about an invasion force. I mean, if you could read between the lines right there, it's time for the president to step up. Like the president is somebody. Dude, he's just supposed to rubber stamp what Congress does. Like where – why are we in a dictatorship all of a sudden? I didn't sign up for this. Where's America? Where's America? Right. Why are we? Yeah. Why are we bowing to this one guy? Well, because we see what he does. I mean, we see him, you know, just throw Jones, you know, drop Jones on him, all day, you know, every day. It seems like, you know. So what? What about? Yeah. What about those innocent lives? I mean, I mean, where's where's the uh, empathy for them? I I don't know. It just seems so ridiculous. But I mean, it's a it's an endless game. That you know, I mean, we're we're in the situation because of. Uh, of Al Qaeda, like that's why we're in fear, and that's why uh, the whole um, the whole NSA spying is that's how it's justified because mm-hmm. of, because of those types of organizations. But really, like, well, we didn't we help like get those those organizations? Like, didn't we like increase like their strength during mm-hmm. the you know Russia Afghanistan conflict? Like, oh yeah, it's, it's insane. It's how dare you bring history? About. How dare you bring history and facts on this radio show? How dare you? I can't do it. Well, uh, I mean, oh, it's like, dude, it's like what I said that the Muslim Brotherhood was set up by the Nazis back in when, um, when General Rommel was down in um, in Africa, and people did not believe me. It's like, oh, I mean, if you go and read something outside of your little, you know, in inside the cube history book, you're going to find a lot of stuff that you didn't know. And, you know, I don't know if I would... I was talking to Lee Camp about this when when I did my interview with him, and um, he and I both came to the same conclusion that we learned so much more out of college because college basically keeps you in the the still the nice pretty little box that you grow up in through the um, through the American education system. And, yeah, um, if it's a public college, you're still gonna you're still gonna be getting the same you know the same type of uh, professors that have been course fed the same type of information. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So here is um, here is the clip that I really wanted to get to, but I had to set it up with just how how really nasty these guys are. And I don't know if they're just blackmailed to to in the world's end or if they don't have any empathy. I just don't understand. What benefit, other than monetarily, 
that these people get? I mean, are they so duped that they believe that somewhere that Al-Qaeda is going to come and get them? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. So here is the last clip from Saxby Chambliss, and this was on Meet the Press this week. And um, once again, talking talking about people, human beings, like they're um, just like they're little inanimate objects that you know. Oh, well, you can obviously tell that these guys are the bad ones. Kind of like John McCain. When I always go back to this because it's just so stupid. That John McCain talked about, well, we already know who the the bad terrorists are. Meanwhile, he's shown in a picture with two known Al Qaeda terrorists <laughs> right behind him. I mean, seriously, there's it's not even because... that many of them. No, there's, there's not even not. that many. There's four guys. I was looking at the picture. I was looking at the numbers earlier. I was literally reading off their estimates, like on Wikipedia, of how many are in each country, and I don't think I think the grand total was more than like twenty, thirty thousand. It's not that many. Like that's that's like a small city in in the states. I mean, right. And I've read articles that sixty percent of sixty percent of the uh, of the forces fighting Assad, sixty percent are Al Qaeda forces. So what? The, I mean, these are paid mercs, everybody. These people don't care about revolution. They could give a flying rip about those people over there. Those people, I mean, you look at like the airlift of evil and all of these other things. They're merc- I mean, they're mercenaries. I mean, Jake, you know about this stuff. I mean, you were, yeah. you were in the yeah, military. Yeah, you go over there. You see, you see what what kind of conditions they live in. They're they're worried about other things. I mean, they're worried mm-hmm. just about you know <laughs> doing what they got to do to get by each day. I mean, correct. They're not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as comfortable here where I, you know, I don't know. No, 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 no. And, and then they use the fear You're porn to the that. right. You, they use the fear porn to the American public to make them think that we're always under threat because it's going to justify these big freaking contracts, these defense contracts, the contracts to go over there and get the lithium out of Afghanistan. I mean, it's always these about the dollar. It's about the dollar for them. And it's about the dollar for us. It's, it's they, that's what they care more about. They could care less that you know what kind of car you're driving. They don't hate you because you're Americans, like they try to espouse for so long. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just not the reality. Yeah, and and what really gets me upset is that I listen to people like the retired secret. I was listening to Alex Jones today, and there was a retired Secret Service agent on there today that's now running for Congress. The guy slips my mind for a, a moment. But when he was talking about Obama and, and the administration, this guy was high-level Secret Service and left because of the things that were going on in the in the organization. And he said flat out, he said, if you people think, the American people, if you think that Obamacare was about you, you are sorely mistaken. It is not about you. It is entrusting that portion of your life to government. Which is what government always wants. It always wants the right to kill. If you look back at, even if you look back at when we were like little bands of civilizations all over the planet, you always had the one priest class, or you always had the one guy that would be the go-to guy that would always want sacrifice because that's the most that you can give is your life, and they always want that. They want the power to kill, they want the power to control, and they want the power to tell you whether you live or die. It's like that old like, like rage against the machine. Like rage against the machine would say, "There's the right to obey, and there's the right to kill, and that's pretty much all it comes down to." Right? Yeah. God, those guys right. are money. I mean, a little too, little too communist in their philosophy for me, but those oh, guys but get they, it, man. They know, they know how to, they know how to attack the government with some, with some pretty poignant words. You know, they mm-hmm. do pretty good. 
Well. All right. Well, we're gonna go to we're gonna go to a semi break real quick here and do a um, a super state clip. I don't know if you've heard this before, but I've cut it down a little bit. So thanks for listening, everybody. Um, tune in once again every Tuesday and Thursday night, nine o'clock live. If you want to catch me out on the other networks, I'll throw those out at the end. But here is the super super state clip. So um, enjoy. Logic is an enemy, and truth is a menace. This is your future, America. There no is very shit. little call for the services of a librarian. Case in point, a minister. A minister would tell us that his function is that of preaching the word of God. And of course it follows that since the state has proven that there is no God, that would make the function of a minister somewhat academic as well. There is a God. You are in error, Mr. Wordsworth. There is no God. The state has proven that there is no God. You cannot erase God with an edict. You are obsolete, Mr. Wordsworth. You have no function, Mr. Wordsworth. You're an anachronism, like a ghost from another time. I am nothing more than a reminder to you that you cannot destroy truth. You're a bug, Mr. Wordsworth, a crawling insect. An ugly, misformed little creature who has no purpose here, no meaning. I am a human being. I exist. And if I speak one thought aloud, that thought lives, even after I'm shoveled into my grave. Delusions, Mr. Wordsworth. Delusions. The Bible. Poetry. Essays. All kind. All of it. An opiate to make you think you have a strength when you have no strength at all. You have nothing but spindly limbs and a dream. And the state has no use for your kind. Yeah, get ready for some Obamacare. The state has no use for you. Guess what? Death panel says it's time for Jacob Yonicki's punch card to be up. Time yeah, to go. Good run. Yep, good hey, run. time to I go just, get liquidated, just, man. I'm just so gracious to have the wisdom of the state surround me <laughs> and, and know what's best for me. I would never understand otherwise. But that's... I mean, as dystopic as it seems, I mean, that was a um, that's a clip from the Twilight Zone back in the 50s. And if you guys have not oh, seen cool. it, I will tr- I will try to find it on YouTube, the full link. It was actually yeah, on when I was down at my parents' house uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I watched it with my mom, and my mom has never seen it before. And I'm sitting there quoting, like, every word of their argument back and forth. She's like, how have you seen this? I'm like, it's an anti-government, like, video. Why would I not watch this? <laughs> <laughs> and everybody, don't get upset. I'm not anti-government. I'm just anti these people. That's all it is. I'm just anti these people. Sure. These and, and you you recognize that there's some people pulling the strings behind the scenes, and right. uh, you know. And like I said at the beginning of the show, I. Anyway, so. I think that government has its place, and if it does have its place, it's like a very, very, very small place. And when I say very small, if you could look at my fingers right now, they're probably the length of a piece of paper apart. That's how small I think government should be because in this day and age, and I was listening to um, Joe Rogan and Dan Carlin's podcast. I love Dan Carlin. If you guys do not listen to hardcore history, if you're a history nerd, go listen to some hardcore history. You'll love it. He gets a little bit um, – um, let's see. What's a, good, what's a good word for him? He gets a little um, excited from time to time. But um, it's kind of like listening to Alex Jones. He'll go up and you know he'll hit the fever pitch for a little while, and then it'll it'll just kind of wear on you, and so you got to pause it. But um, 
But they were talking about something that I thought was extremely fascinating. And this is all kind of where the liberty movement circles around. I think in this day and age that a person actually has the title of president is ridiculous. Nobody nobody deserves that much power. Nobody number one, nobody can handle that much power. You know? It's just it's absolutely ridiculous to have one person be in charge of or what they want us to believe in charge of this whole nation. And see, I just basically went into a, a governmental mind meld right there and said that Obama runs our country because he freaking does. I mean, anybody want to debate me on that? You can call in and debate me, 602-753-1916. If you don't think that Obama runs our country, call in and tell me who does, other than the banks and the corporations and stuff. Excuse me. Right. I was going to throw Rockefeller out there. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, you can't bring in those guys because we all know that. I'm, I'm talking about for the for the intensive purposes yeah, of the no, viewing audience. That, I mean, they have to uh, tell him what to do, and he's got to be, you know, the vehicle that they utilize. I get it. You know, he's like the quarterback, and then you got the head coach yeah. calling the play in. Yeah, I, I, yep. I get it. Yeah, I the got owner it, of the team, and yeah, yeah, but he's the QB. Yeah. So I guess that Rockefeller would be like the Al Davis. He's the one that just sits up in yeah, the box and says, "Throw Al a bomb Davis. every time. Throw a bomb. That's Throw a bomb." We should we should use it all in sports analogies. See, we'd get we'd reach so many status that way. All right, we so there we go. Okay, here we go. All right, a breakdown for the government, everybody. Yep. The sh- the the shadow government is the um is the Miami it's, Dolphins of the nineteen. 19- hmm? yeah, oh yeah, I like the Oakland Raiders though, because it's kind of a little more evil. You know, it's got the okay. Bad all right, so we'll just go with a new like world order analogy of the. Okay, so yeah. let's see if we can actually craft this. And this might be we for a different it. show. We might be. We might be going on to some gold right here. This might be a whole show. We might have to do. We might have to do um, liberty for yeah. the sports. Liberty for the sports minded. I'm writing that down. Liberty for the sports minded. Yeah. Okay. So we can we can do it all the way down the O line, D line. That this is this is great. We can create fantasy fantasy ten W O. Fantasy yeah. fantasy fantasy totalitarianism. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so think of it this way. If you want to follow the bouncing ball of logic here, and Jake, feel free to chime in. I'm going to start yep. with um, – well, let's start with the top of the pyramid, the owner of the entire thing. So we'll say the New World Order slash um, – we'll just say the banking class, the banking and investment banking class. Is that fair? For the top? Yeah, the currency manipulators and the defense contractors. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, I gotta put you gotta put the Bilderbergs in there too. I think mm-hmm. at the top because those people have even more than the. No, no, the no. See, I, no, no, no. You're you're, you know? you're getting way ahead of me. Okay. So, oh, okay. I'm sorry. You have you have it's a, it's an ownership. We'll call it an ownership group to make people feel more sports. You know, sports acumen. They can get this. Sure. The ownership group. We'll just happen to call it the New World Order ownership group of this fantasy sports team, the Oakland Raiders. So in the ownership group, you have the owners of the organization, which are all different little facets. So you would have in one little corner, you would have the trilateral commission. They will run the offensive game plan. Then over on the other side, you will have the Bilderberg group, and they will run the uh, the defensive side of the uh, of the takeover. Yeah, yep, there you go, the defensive coordinator. And then you could have, um, let's see, what would be another good organization to have? Um, you could have the World Bank. That would be another organization. They'll be like special teams. That makes a good one. The World Bank would be like special oh, teams. I don't. I don't know. I, I maybe even I put them. Maybe maybe they're the general manager. You know. Uh, okay. That's, that's okay. kind of who decides. You know, 
where funds are allocated and you know that's a great, really, all right. Yeah. All right. So if you're following at home, if you're following along at home, here's what we have for your um, for your New World Order fantasy football team. We have the kleptocratic technocracy, which will run the New World Order, and then on one side, which will be the offensive side, you will have the Trilateral Commission. On the other side of the ball, you will have the Bilderberg Group. The general manager of the organization would be the World Bank and the Bank of International Settlements. We must put those guys in there. And also the International Monetary Fund. So anybody that runs any kind of financing for corporatism or anything like that, we can put them in that group as well. Yep. Now we get to start going to the fun stuff, the captains of the team. Who would you say right now – if you're looking at the team, the players, the um, the mm-hmm. pawns, if you will, who would be the offensive captain for this team? Yeah, you can put yeah put Obama there. I mean, he's the okay, quarterback. Okay, so Obama's the offensive captain and the quarterback yeah. for the New World Order. Okay, so sure. Obama. Okay, this is working out pretty well. Defensive captain. Unless you want to go Somebody... like bigger, you want to like put the UN or like put no, know, no 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 like no. entities in here. No, all right. So we're just gonna we're gonna go once again. You got to give people faces and names so they can kind of relate to them. Sure. The defensive sure. captain, which would be the the controlled opposition. Let's call it. Um, let's call. Um, uh, let's see. How about how about Monsanto as the defensive captain? And the only reason yeah, I say I, that is because corporations are people. So you sure. could have Monsanto sure. as the defensive captain, which is the one that's going to protect everybody. It's not going to allow anybody to go hungry, so they're going to create all this genetically modified food. See how I did that? It was really good. You, you can tell I used to be yeah. on sales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so now that we've got the offense and defense established, now you need your really big risky players. You need your special teams guys. You need the lightning player, the guy that can run the kickoff back. And We all know who that is. Henry Kissinger is returning kicks for everybody. Yes, sir. Mr. Warmonger himself. So Henry Kissinger is our punt, um, is our um, kickoff return guy and our punt return guy. So he is the uh, the magic maker, if you will. So um, you got any other guys we want to add to this team right now? But this is definitely going to be like a twenty minute skit that I have to do. Oh sure, sure. I mean you got to put some we? of these DH, you got to put some of these DHS cats on the uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Maybe playing a little tight end. Ooh, you know, ooh, maybe ooh, playing a little little fullback. How about oh? How about for the um? They kind of do some uh, defending, some defending, some blocking, and some you know pull some things out for them too. You know at the same time. So I think that's how about some um. How about some shirt off for the uh, the body scanners? We could put him in at running back. Shirt off will be there running back, having the body scanners ready to go after nine eleven. Okay, you're good right there. And then we need another guy. We need um. Now the cheerleaders for the New World Order are pretty easy. We can all—I mean, we can all basically pick those out. Pierce Morgan be a oh, cheerleader. Yeah. Um, let's see, who's another one? Um, yeah, Sean Hannity and those guys—they're like controlled opposition. So I guess they're like the the fat girls on the cheerleading squad. Nothing against fat girls, but they're at the bottom of the pyramid. They basically right. hold yeah. people that are really that are yeah, really doing the cheering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. this is a really fun game. All right, so we got to get back to some serious <laughs> stuff here. I mean that is going yeah, to be, that a, can be a whole episode. Yeah, sure. yeah. Jake and Jake. Yeah, put some thought into this. 
Yeah, look for that to come in the future. It will be the Jake and Jake play-by-play of the New World Order takeover. So fantasy, we make it a draft. Make it a fantasy draft. Yeah, because that's happening right now. It's so topical. Everyone's, you know, everyone's doing them. You might as well do a uh, fantasy draft of of evil. <laughs> do you think that? Do you, hey, do you literally think that we can put this together in a night or two nights? I want oh, to get yeah, some. Sure. I want to get some serious. I want to get some serious intel on this. Maybe next Tuesday. Maybe next Tuesday night we should do that. We'll do like the yeah. last thirty minutes. We'll have our our new world order team reveal. Oh, yeah. that would be good. Okay, I like this. So. Well, we'll let's let's create yeah let's create a pool of players and we'll uh, we'll each draft you know. And then what we'll do is um we will Make actually. Make a little comment. Quick comment. Once we have all the list of players um that are available to be drafted. I'll post that um I'll post that in the events page on Facebook. If you guys are not a friend of mine on Facebook, you can uh, find oh, yeah. the We Are Not you can find the We Are Not Cattle page on Facebook. Like me, I will post all the draft people in there. We should really start get all the get, independent yeah, get all the independent media hosts involved. We should let's let's plan this thing out, man. I think everybody exactly. would be in on this. Exactly. I think this is a this is a winner. This is gonna be fun. And yep. then this is something that you can take to um Take to all your friends that are into uh, you know fantasy football and stuff like that. I I, I don't everyone, knock that. Everyone that's a red blooded American. And I I don't knock it because <laughs> I had three teams at one time, but now yep. I have a fantasy team for Liberty. So hey, and then we that's could do right. a Liberty fantasy team. All right. Well, yeah, that, yeah, that'll we actually be that'll actually be running very very slim. <laughs> if we're talking about Congress, yeah, that might have to be a basketball team. team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it might yeah. just need a point guard, a shooting guard. Yeah, it might just be a five-man team for those. Well, dang, yeah. Ron Paul will definitely be running the point for that. Oh, no. yeah, yeah. Or so, the center, depending on what kind of team you have. Exactly, exactly. Feed him, feed him the rock and let him just you know grab the rebounds down there. So anyway, yep. transitioning off all the stupid sports analogies and everything, I think that that's going to be a winner, everybody. I'm going to get the guys from Adam versus the man, try to get them involved in this, try to oh, get yeah. some insight from them. Uh, I'm going to reach out to Salvi, the Journalistic Revolution, um, Trip Pew, all those guys. I'm going to reach out to everybody Caleb. that I know at Liberty yeah. Movement. Uh, Caleb Leverett, yeah, just reach out to yeah. everybody because um, I think that would make an incredible show. All right, I'm 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 done tooting my own horn here. Sorry, everybody. Brainstorming on air is fantastic. So um, where were we? Holy crap. I think we were talking about um, the government doing something to us. Oh, yeah. So – I did have some other stuff that I wanted to cover. Now, Jake, you um, you talked to me earlier. You said you wanted to bring up some stuff. What's uh, what's front and center on your uh, your radar screen? Well, I got to go with local stuff, I guess, uh, and that would be uh, the Bambi raid, as it's kind of being uh, being talked about around okay. these parts, but and others. It's kind of making yeah. A little go through go headway. through what happened. Go through what happened at the. Um, during the the Bambi raid, I, I got the gist of it, but for the listening audience that hasn't maybe heard, um, give them sure. the once over on what happened. Sure, real quick uh, synopsis would be uh, there is a gentleman living in Kenosha County, which is right on the border of Illinois and Wisconsin. Uh, there is apparently a uh, fawn, which is a baby deer, uh, which is why we're calling it Bambi raid. Uh, that was uh, you know lost its its parents some way. I don't know if it was killed, hit by a car, or what the what the scenario was, but anyway, it's an orphan fawn, and uh, these people from Illinois brought it to this animal shelter that was just across the state line into Wisconsin, 
And uh, these uh, two individuals running the shelter, basically out of their own private property, their own home, were taking care of this fund for a couple of days. Well, Terrorism. Uh, yeah. Well, apparently the uh, the regulation in the state of Wisconsin from the DNR is that you cannot hold wildlife like that. You cannot uh, have wildlife uh, as your as your pets, I guess, essentially, or however they decide, whatever nomenclature they have for that. Um, so they they spent money, you know, using helos to scope it out, and they actually uh, admittedly, like, went and and saw physically, like, probably went on these people's private property and, and violated their private property rights without a warrant to discover that this this fawn was, in, in fact, on their property. Well, once they had determined that, they got a warrant, uh, raided the home with like eight DH, or and I'm sorry, I'm so used to DHS because that's who raided me when I was in Virginia. But it was uh, eight DNR uh, representatives and a few, I don't know if it was five or six SWAT members, like uh, county sheriffs. Because uh, the, the, the deer obviously is a terrorist <laughs> and is fully and is fully armed and ready, ready to suicide <laughs> bomb for Al Qaeda. So go ahead. Exactly. There's there's a deer and two I want to say two people maybe in their early to mid 60s a couple uh, at this at this animal shelter. Well, they they go and they uh, eventually you know they secure the deer and I mean they secure the hell out of this deer because they ended up uh, killing it. Uh, oh, good that's the policy. They Woo-hoo, decided that the we should we should just euthanize the steer, and they, they wanted to talk about oh well we we uh, you know we sedated it and then killed it. I don't care how you did it. It's it, we're talking about a fawn here, and the gentleman that uh, owned the shelter was like, yeah, I was planning on taking it to a facility in Illinois tomorrow, uh, but he already uh, made the arrangements that, and stuff like that, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he he did it all. He tried to explain it to them. They're having none of that. Basically, I think the idea is that uh, disease. No matter how stupid the law is, concerned about the spread of wildlife disease, and I find that extremely comical because just north of where I live in Wisconsin, in a town called Lisbon, there's uh, West Nile for the first time in uh, in birds. So thank you very much for that protection. You can't. It's so ridiculous. What about all the human beings that come across borderlines? You should probably euthanize them, too. Because euthanize them. Kill them. Yeah. Kill them. Why not? Let's do it. I mean, that's the next step. And uh, Somebody can really give you a cold and that can kill you. you got to kill the person. Yep. you got to do this, it. This is how ridiculous it's getting. This is how. This is how insane. Yeah. And, you know, so so the media, like, contacted a, a DNR representative and was questioning her. And this mm-hmm. woman said that... Um, so that, well, we, you know, the media was asking, well, why don't you just contact these individuals, have like a conversation with them before you serve the warrant? Well, we don't, we don't call the drug dealers before we serve warrants for, for them. Once again, oh, okay. okay, so Bambi, Bambi was armed with drugs. Okay, now yeah, it's Yeah, Bambi must have been stockpiled full of coke, apparently, or dealing coke on the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, completely unfair analogy, and so. Well, how do you think that they get the white spots? I mean, come on, that's how they get the white spots. 
dealing all the drugs. I think, well, yeah, I think this is waking people up. I think this is this is a complete overstep of bounds. I think in the states, I mean, the governor Scott Walker has already come out in opposition to this whole act, and, and I mean, really he has no choice but to because we're just going to become a, a laughing stock. I mean, this has just become a national joke. So. And what's going to be interesting? No, no, no. What's going to be interesting is watching how all this tyranny is going to fall. That's what I'm thinking. I, I, I know we're going to beat it. I mean, I literally know in my, in my heart of hearts that we're going to beat this stuff. And um, it's, it's just like, how is this all going to come crashing down? And I think that it's going to come down in like little, little steps. You know, it's going to be like little, little victories, like what you're talking about now. I mean, let's once again, if you if you impeach Obama and and we how about how about this for an I a rocket science idea? Hey, local municipalities, give back the effing money that you took from the government to make you guys look like a bunch of super soldiers. How about that? How about give back all the money that you took in order to get SWAT vehicles and M16s to go drive around and act tough and act like you're in fucking Fallujah or something? Excuse my language with the f bomb, but Jesus. I mean, you've actually been to some of these countries. It warrants one. It's, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it warrants an F-bomb. Sure. I mean, that's... It's so... It's so ridiculous. I mean, now, when when you were deployed, where were you deployed specifically? So people well, know that... Once, yeah. Jake, is, Jake is a veteran, so everybody, yeah. you know, thank him for his for his service, and I, I always... Oh, I always no no no. Here's what I do. I go up and I apologize. And I know this sounds really stupid and like kind of highbrow yeah. and stuff. I go and say, yeah. I say, you know, I appreciate your service. I'm really sorry what you had to go through. And people always no, look fine. at me like kind of kind of odd. And I say, I understand that it's a racket. I understand all these things. I have a lot of friends in the military. I know what happens over there, and I'm really sorry you had to go through that. You probably went in with the best intentions, and now you look at it and. Um, Dude, some of the stories that I've gotten from people just engaging in conversations like that will just tear your heart out. Just absolutely horrible stuff that they've been through. So, you know, taking taking off of that, where where were you? Um, where were you deployed? I couldn't remember. Sure, I, I just sort of want to comment on that really quickly. I mean, there there are some a holes in the military that join because they want to go to war. But I mean, that's right. if you join the military, that doesn't necessarily mean that you 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 want to go to war. You just you know, maybe you're just uh, fascinated. Well, those are those are like the I same people with that... firearms. I'm I'm very I'm very fascinated and intrigued with firearms. I love the way they operate. I think they're uh, a compelling uh, uh, instrument and tool that humans have developed. And it's, it's... anyway, I wanted to learn and understand more about that. I ended up uh, striking to become a gunner. Said I was uh, in the United States Navy. I served on the uh, USS Boxer, which is an amphibious assault ship. We did some uh, deployments. Uh, I was on two Westpacs, one humanitarian deployment to South America. Westpac is for civilians. That basically just means uh, I was on the Pacific side of uh, the U.S., meaning I was stationed in San Diego, and we stopped in a bunch of ports on the way. Oh, yeah, don't feel sorry for me there. Uh, (laughs) Unfortunately, I, I wasn't there very often because that was a very forward deployed ship that it was on, and we were always... Always heading out, but I did get some solid months in there, which I, I you know, I love. And San Diego still my favorite city in the universe. Uh, you, you know, I haven't seen anything. I've seen seen a few places thanks to my service. I guess that's one thing you can kind of uh, pull out of it as positive. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, uh, the mission of my ship primarily is just as a huge taxi for Marines. 
So as far as, like, well, what ground have I set foot on over there? Have I been to uh, Iraq or Afghanistan or Fallujah? No. Um, yeah. But I've been to Bahrain and I've been to um, United Arab Emirates. And, and I've been in, you know, not too far. And, I, and we certainly, well, when we drop off Marines, we floated outside of Kuwait and we would just sort of wait and uh I'd be I'd be standing gun mount uh, gun deck gun mount watches while we waited for you know Marines to do their thing and pick them up and then head back out of the mm-hmm. streets of Hormuz. So that's that's a good synopsis of my service. I mean, I did do one thing that I was I don't feel completely um, upset about contributing to. I we my sh- our ship uh, right before I got out of the Navy, we contributed to the rescue of that main captain. I don't know if you recall mm-hmm. that story, but um, yep. we were. We were part of that operation. We housed some seals, the seals that uh, that ended up uh, carrying that operation through. So hmm. felt all right about that. Yeah. Well, it's like you said, and not everybody. I mean, you want to talk about yeah, the small percentage. I mean, legitimate uh, legitimate government force. I mean, to prevent piracy in open waters. I think that's legitimate. Uh, you know, service that. Uh, I mean, whether you privatize it or not, but that's a legitimate hmm. service that needs to be. Uh, fulfilled. Not governments really, ne- or wars are really never a legitimate uh, <laughs> operation, but something like that would be, you know. Well, I think that that's fair. And what you what you said in your statement kind of brings me back to the police thing. Also, is that um, you know not a lot of um, you know some there are going to be some people that join the, the military because they want to go shoot people, and there's going to be some people that want to join the police force because. They want to feel empowered, and they believe that the uniform will empower their ego somehow and make them into a better person than they were. So, you know, you can see that in a couple of different variants, I guess. So let's um, let's look at it from this perspective, though. Now we're we're moving out of this we're moving out of this war where it's we don't really know what's going on over in Syria. We've got the NSA stuff going on here. We have, you know, Saxby Chambliss saying that we need to invade Syria because they use chemical weapons. And, of course, that was a couple of months ago. But that's kind of the mentality that we have in Congress. Do you think it would be different if for some of these people if they could actually go to these areas and see what's going on? Or is it really like the Vice um, documentary on Afghanistan? I don't know if you've seen that or not, where they have the uh, the ambassadors come in and when the ambassadors come in, they basically clean everything up and walk them around and talk about how pretty and nice everything is. And then the ambassadors leave and thinking that they're doing the really the right thing. What do you think is the best way to kind of bring all of this stuff to to a halt? Not the not the NSA stuff, but kind of exposing all these wars and why we're even doing this stuff. What's a good way for the to try to get to the American people and say, look, this is completely unsustainable. This is not winning us any friends. We need to stop this stuff. Yeah, I don't think there's any way to sort of reenact a military service in any way. I don't think that's necessarily what you're getting at. But, I, mm-hmm. you know, some people just are – I mean, you look at the Sean Penns and the people who have actually gone over there, and they're just going to have their preconceived notions no matter, you know, what, what you slap them in the face with. They're just going to mm-hmm. still, you know, not wake up, uh, essentially. Sure. And I still – not that I don't enjoy his work uh, and some of his things he's directed, but uh, mm-hmm. it's, their political views just aren't they aren't going to be changed by an experience. They're just going to remain with the blinders. And But all you can do is uh, it certainly can't hurt, though. It certainly can't, uh, can't hinder them from going down a new train of thought, a new consciousness. So. Yeah, um, yeah. 
You and I talk about that a ton, and I and I leave that out of my show a lot because you know this this stuff gets me so riled up because it's so it's so real and just to look at what goes on all around the world and even in our country is especially in this time it's it's a very intoxicating time to live and the people that say that they're bored now like I if you meet somebody and they tell you that they're bored oh my god like look around you are you kidding me you've got your police looking like you know stormtroopers. You've got you've got your government taking basically every right away to protect you from an enemy that they fund in other nations. It's just bonkers. I mean, you try to make sense of it, and that's kind of what I was talking about at the beginning of the show. It's like you kind of get you kind of get disoriented about which way that we need to go. And and once again, tyranny is very organized, and our liberty movement, even though we're growing and we're we're metastasizing as as the new world order is see like a cancer, but we're metastasizing with liberty. So it's like we're empowering one another and showing each other that the strength of the individual is really what's going to you know prevail and and make life better and bring back the prosperity. But then you get sold um, from the mainstream and the and the ruling class. And once again, I'm referring to government as the ruling class. You you get reassured from government and the ruling class that. No, in order for you to be successful, we have to put you in these little boxes, and it's for your own good. We're doing it because we like you and because we care about you. Now, I watched a uh, documentary called, um, what is it, State of Mind that these these guys did in, in conjunction with Alex Jones. And once again, I don't support everything that Alex Jones talks about, but I do think that he's just like real media, and he's going to give you a side of the story that you haven't thought about. And it's always food for thought for me. But that documentary was really well done, and it really showed how how when you go off to school that you're conditioned to believe that the teacher is the authority and that it's always the perceived authority. And so when you get older, the perceived authority just turns into government, and then the government is the authority, and government tells you what to do. And It's kind of like Chris Rock said, Barack Obama is our daddy, and when daddy speaks, you listen kind of deal – that was really creepy to me in the fact that Chris Rock is so enamored with with a person, with a human being. Chris Rock, you're worth millions of dollars. Dude, you got hundreds of successful movies, shows, whatever, and you're still enamored by a person that reads a teleprompter? It's just baffling to me. Yeah, man, so, you, you memorized your show. He can't huh? even memorize his stuff. Yeah, exactly. You memorized his, his stuff, you know. <laughs> Exactly. You didn't need to talk public speak. Today. If anyone, yeah, if anyone should know, he should know. Exactly. Well, here, let's get to a little bit of news. And this was an editorial that I saw that kind of creeped me out because whenever you have a technocratic or when you have a there's always a select group, and I hate to say this. Whenever you have a tyranny, there's always a select group. Now, in the Nazi regime and later in the in the Soviet regime, it was the Jews. And I don't know if people realize that late in the Soviet era, the, the Soviets were a little late to the Jewish party, but they were the ones that were there along with the Nazis. So, oh, they killed more know, Jews than the Nazis. Correct. Nazis? Correct. Oh, yeah, yep. they killed way mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. But people don't equate. You know, everybody usually equates the you know Hitler with the Nazis and sure. well, see, they're, they're really. Right, and also the real, the really creepy thing is, in some of these battles with the um, with the Russians, they don't know how many people were there. They don't know how many people died. Nothing. I mean, you look on the way to like Stalingrad and Leningrad, and that's one of the things that that Dan Carlin and, um, oh. and Joe Rogan were talking about how 
this reporter went over to um, I think it was Stalingrad. I want I want to be accurate, but I think it was Stalingrad. Sure. If I'm wrong, don't nobody you know nobody crucify me or anything yeah. like that. But he said that he got there and he's looking around and everything was just kind of desolate and you know it was nothing. And the guy's like, all right. And he goes, well, he goes, what do you think? He goes, it's just a battlefield. And he goes, he goes, get down to eye level. And the guy goes, okay. So he crouches down, and he said that when he looked, as far as the eye could see, all he saw were bones and cloth and just, like, little metals and stuff. And they had people that would come out there and scour it for, like, metals and wallets and stuff. But he said that he couldn't see it unless he was down at eye level and really got a good view. And then it was – he got this sinking feeling that everywhere he looked in each direction, it was just bones for miles and as far as he could see. So it's just really crazy when you think about humans did that to other humans just because they were afraid. They were afraid of what one guy could do. They were all afraid of what Stalin was going to do. Everybody was afraid of what Hitler was going to do. And in America, we're afraid of what al-Qaeda will do. Once again, how many how many thousand people did you say that were the fighting force of Al Qaeda? Yeah, I mean I was going through the numbers. It couldn't it couldn't have added up to more than thirty forty thousand with all the estimates. Now there was a bunch of con- countries that they listed as unknown, unknown sure. okay. how many are in it. But let's they, I mean let's just put it put it with that number. Let's say let's let's just be generous and we'll say fifty thousand. Okay, yeah, forty thousand. Okay, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. For the listening audience, if you have a visual, um, if you have a visual mind like I do, where you can actually visualize, if I say tea kettle and you can visualize a tea kettle, then this might make some sense for you. The entire American population and the people in Washington are terrified of a group that would fit into one game at the Staples Center. One game. You go and look at an L.A. Lakers game, that is all the Al-Qaeda forces in the world. And you want to give up all your liberties for that. Not that is ridiculous. Not quite a Michael Jackson funeral. Right. Not yeah, quite exactly. a Michael Jackson funeral there. But, you know, like a, that, you know, a regular game season this last year when they sucked. Yeah. 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 That is it. 40,000 people. Unbelievable. But now, here, don't worry. Because airport security without the hassle is coming soon. This is an editorial from the Washington or from the New from the New York Times. It's the Sunday Review. It's the opinion page. So uh, I'm not going to read this whole article because it's um no, nah, it's not too bad. So let's let's go into it here, and then I want to get your take because this is what I was trying to get at. You always have the singled out group. When once again, if you guys want a real breakdown of this and you want to get really nauseous, um. Do yourself a favor. Download the um, the origins of totalitarianism. It, it's forty five hours, but if if you're into this kind of stuff, yeah, dude. If you're into this kind of stuff, if you're into manipulation, control, how people come in, and dude, I'm at chapter number six, and guess who she's talking about? The Rothschilds, huh? Back in the fifties, talking about these people and how they manipulate in the special interest groups and all this other stuff. So, if you really want to kind of get a good grasp on on how people use uh, fear to dominate the world, this really spells it out for you. But getting back to the article, it says airport security without the hassle. It says the chance of dying, and this is absolutely tongue in cheek because they talk about how ridiculous it is, and then they talk about how you can get past it. So, anyway. 
The chance of dying in an airplane is vanishingly small. The chance of being killed by a terrorist in an airplane is even smaller still. Mark Stewart, a civil engineer who studies um, probabilistic risk, or probabilistic risk, I guess. Probabilistic, Thank you. My uh, um, pronunciation is a little bit off. Um, Has put the odds at at 90 million uh, a year. At 1 in 90 million. So your odds of getting killed by a terrorist, everybody, are 1 in 90 million. You are better off probably winning the lottery. So and that's 1 in 300 and something million. So uh, caps, almost. Caps are pretty, caps are pretty, you know. Yeah, it's 1 in, I think you're 8 times more likely. Is that right? It's like 7 or 8 times more likely to get killed by a cop than a terrorist. But, hey, everything's fine. Be, be afraid of al-Qaeda. Looking at these figures... Um, it says, looking at these figures disproportionately, you might wonder if the Transportation Security Administration has found the right balance between safety and the convenience of its notoriously burdensome airport screening procedures. So here is where the fun comes in. Remember, you're going to be the good little slave, Jake, so get ready. The TSA seems to understand that the status quo is rarely tolerable for many travelers and is seeking to reduce hassle. And it recently announced that it's extending the eligibility for pre-screening programs called PreCheck to all American citizens. Oh, great. We're all trusted travelers now. And it says people can apply online before visiting an enrollment site in person, providing their fingerprints, passing the background check, and paying $85 for the five-year term. In exchange, you will give access to a special lane in the airport where you'll be – where they can – Keep your belts buckled, and keep your shoes tied, and your liquids in their carry-on bags. Still no more than 3.4 ounces, please. The pre-check will also provide a measure of relief for anyone who signs in. But it's absurd for the TSA to demand background checks and fingerprints for what to amount to small modifications to the screening routine. The agency could relax airport security for everyone without gravely endangering the traveling public. No shit. The former head of the TSA, Kip Hawley, has argued that the agency will allow passengers to carry on all liquids in any quantity. Should allow agents should allow passengers to carry on all liquids in any quantity. No, that would actually be freedom. You can't do that. You got to keep going on with the slave state. As a safeguard against explosives, passengers would simply have to put their liters of Evian in gray bins and then pass them through the scanners. Oh, great! So your water gets radiated. That's cool. Um, has ho- or Mr. Holly some sees reasons for keeping the footwear checks, but those too are in questionable value. Passengers do not re- passengers do not remove their shoes in the European Union or in even in Israel, where the board's most secure, conscious countries with a famous stringent wow. screening process. So, say what? I'm saying wow. And it's, well, I'm ready to say a lot, believe me. But wow. Okay, all right, so we're almost done here, and then you get to, uh, and then I'll turn the floor over to you. It says, the time of pre- pretending that annoying protocols like these are all that stand between us and devastation. Or it says, it is time to stop pretending. Yay. Oh, my God, New York Times, thanks for joining the party a couple of years late. The most effective security <laughs> innovation post 9-11 was also the simplest. The reinforcement of cockpit doors made it virtually impossible for a hijacker to get through an aircraft. Duh. And you couldn't arm the the pilots because that would be terrorism too. All things stand, the TSA asked its officers to enforce rules of questionable utility while giving them remarkably little discretion. They're more than like hall monitors than intelligence personnel. Amen. 
A huge waste of human talent and a source of inefficiency. At Heathrow Airport in London, passengers need to remove their shoes only if they are asked to by security screening, security screening officers. Imagine that a screening agent entrusts with the solemn power to wave through a teenager in flip-flops en route to Honolulu. That was a very good article, and nobody took credit for it. Shame on you. Posted by the editorial board. Oh, so you guys just wrote it together so nobody could single oh, you out. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, that's, that's well, hey, that's actually a liberty-minded message coming from uh, the New York Times of all places. So what are your thoughts, man? Yeah. Well, here's what I would have liked to have heard. Like, So they tell you to throw away your too large bottle of water. There's too many ounces. And they just say, oh, throw that in the trash, please. It might be an explosive. <laughs> Wait, so you want me to just put the explosive here where all the people are lined up? Where hundreds <laughs> of people are lined up? Okay, all right, I'll just put it over here where all these hundreds of people are lined up right here. Oh, dude, so I never even thought range, of it too. like that. It'll, it'll oh. still kill you, too. Okay, yeah, no problem. I'll just put it right here then. God, I'll go I never shortly. Thought after I that. get through, after I get through and you're still here, It'll blow up and kill you, though. So don't worry. You got it covered, though, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, God. I mean, it's that easy. It's that easy to show how stupid it is. And I wonder what you they would do if you said that. Well, they'd arrest you. They'd arrest you. They'd say, oh, you have you just admitted that you have one. No, I didn't. I just no, pointed out it's, idiocracy. You could actually you could, you could bite a Pop-Tart in the shape of a gun and they would arrest you. That would definitely sure. happen. Sure. Or what if you what if you bit a pop tart in the shape of a water bottle? Then they might really yeah. arrest you, because that's super terrorism. I mean, we laugh at this stuff, guys, because it is it is um, it's actually really humorous. And the New York Times did another article talking about the um, talking about the impromptu messages from Al Qaeda once again that we fund that are the most significant threat that we could ever face. Did I already play that Saxby Chambliss clip? Did I play that yet? The, no, the no, clip where he said, "Oh, here we go." So that was a um, that was a forty-two minute build-up for this clip, everybody. I hope that you stayed and listened to this. So, here is the clip of Saxby Chambliss, my senator from the great state of Georgia, that wants to take my guns, sign the NDAA, and spy on me. Man, what a great American! Whew, pew, pew. I better hope that I yeah. Pew 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 pew. How many private prison dollars am I getting? That's right. All right. Anyway, here's the clip, and um, get ready because this goes right along with what we were talking about, how silly it is. The Republican senator from Georgia, Saxby Chambliss, as well as the assistant majority leader in the Senate, the Democratic senator from Illinois, Dick Durbin. Uh, Senators, welcome. Senator Chambliss, let me me start with you. Your Republican colleague in the House, Peter King, said uh, this this al-Qaeda threat is the most significant that we have seen in many years. Most significant. What have you been told about it? Well, the one thing that we can talk about, uh, David, is the fact that there's been an awful lot of chatter out there. Chatter, chatter means conversation among terrorists about uh, the planning that's going yeah, on. Very reminiscent of what we saw pre-9-11. We uh, didn't Ooh, take heed on there. 9-11 uh, in the way that we should, but here I think it's very important that uh, we do take the right kind of planning as we cl- uh, come to the close of Ramadan. We know that's always an interesting time for terrorists. What? We're also, uh, what, 38 days, 37 days away from uh, 
the um, uh, September 11 anniversary. So paying very, very close attention to the chatter that's going on, and I can I didn't tell you that this is the most serious threat that I've seen in the last several years. The Republican senator from Georgia, oh, Dr. Yeah. Chambliss, is mean, the assistant on, majority hold on, leader. Hold on. hold on. Jesus, we almost had to listen Wait, so to that. Wait, I'm not a terrorist, man. We're not terrorists. We're not Muslim, man. We're fine. We're cool. No, no, we're we're actually participating in chatter right now. So. Oh we, yeah, the chatter. That's right. Yeah. I didn't know what chatter was, so I'm glad you defined it for me. Yeah, I mean that's chatter. I mean chatter is two people right. talking together, and there's a lot of it going on. You know on. what chatter? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck! I mean, how dumb do you think we are, guys? This is silly. This is absolutely silly. I think, like he's, only, I think he's legitimately trying to show his intelligence. He can define words and terms. This is the same guy that said that we're just taking metadata. It's just metadata. I'm like, dude, if you knew what metadata was, you know. wouldn't be he going, even know. No. You wouldn't be saying it's just metadata. would be like, holy crap, we're taking metadata? So we're taking everything, like the, your coordinates, your your time length, who you talk to, how many times you talk to them? You know, date stamps and oh yeah, no, yeah, don't worry about that. That's just that's Met- insignificant. You mean meta doesn't mean like kind of? I thought meta meant like kind of, kind of date. They right? use these obscure terms. It's like metadata, and then they have this other one that they like to throw up now. Well, we have to think about how we're going to use big data. It's like what? What are you guys talking about? That's like the new security thing. Is terms, it's yeah. yeah yeah. Well, big data. Well, means that's that's lawyers. So, I mean, they're all lawyers. So that's that's what it's all about. You you, you know you just pay mm-hmm. fuck people with nomenclature. Yeah. Oh god, that was a really good one. That was a very eloquent use of the f bomb right there. The paper yeah, f. Sure. I like that. Yeah, you know that's something. Jesus, this is getting so silly. All right, so speaking of getting silly, thank God somebody actually did something to these people. Um, this is an article off of um, – yep, get credit where credit's due because these guys actually do talk about this. Uh, this is off of Infowars.com, courtesy of Boing Boing, but this is um, Corey Doctorow, and I love Boing Boing. I just love saying that name. So it, it says, um, judge who accepted private prison bribes is set – or to send black – kids to jail is sentenced to 28 years. Good for you. Maybe he'll have to do some hard labor and get paid 25 cents an hour like the rest of those potheads in there. Man, we love you guys. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just what a joke. What a joke. Oh, yeah. He probably will run into some of those guys. No, he'll probably be in some... What up, man? Yeah, he'll be up. He'll be off in like five years. Everything will be fine. Either that or he'll be like John Corzine, not really get in trouble. And... You know they're not going to throw him under the jail like Adam, but they'll um, they'll definitely you know ha- handle him with with white gloves. You know somebody trying to protect their freedoms gets thrown under the jail, and these guys get to do whatever. So here we go. In 2009, I wrote about Judge Mark um, Sorellava. Okay, that's a that's a tough one for me. One of the two Pennsylvania judges who was paid who was paid bribes by a private prison contractor to send black children to prison and keep for to keep the for-profit prisons full. Yeah, um, much like we talked about with my interview with um, Robert Platchorn last week, everybody. Robert is writing a book about this, so when he releases that book, I'm going to get him back on to talk about it. Because he was sentenced to 60 years in prison for trafficking marijuana and had to serve 30 years. 
So he knows all about this, and he's writing it from. He said he's got ten years' experience in it. We didn't get into the into the private prison aspect of it, but he was um, he knew that I knew what was going on. So anyway, continuing in the article. So Karelva, I don't I don't know what the hell I'm going to call this guy's name. We'll just call him Mr. C. Okay, Mr. C, who had once sent a um, African American child to jail for three months for posting negative comments about her assistant principal on MySpace. That seems perfectly reasonable. Has been sentenced to 28 years in prison. Payback's a bitch, isn't it? Has he is convinced? Uh, he has been convicted of racketeering and has been stripped of his state um, his state pension. Oh, so they took his money away from him. But after a federal investigation, it was discovered that Mr. C and his colleague Michael Conahan received more than 2.6 million dollars from the private youth. Private-run youth centers owned by PA Child Care. Wow. Good for you wow. guys. In 2011, Mr. C was convicted of racketeering and since 28 years in prison, he also forced to pay $1 million in restitution. Once Mr. C was convicted, the state Supreme Court tossed out 4,000 convictions issued by the judge. Good for you guys, man. Holy cow, this is what happens when the rule of law comes in. Mr. C appealed to the Third Circuit Court of Appeals in Philadelphia, and he has a and to have his 28-year sentence overturned. Good luck. And on July 25th, the court denied his request. So thank you for writing that article, Corey Doctorow from BoingBoing.net, and that was dated today, courtesy of Infowars.com. So um, got a few minutes left here, man. What is your? I mean, do you understand the private prison system? Because I have a, a pretty good understanding, and what really creeps me out is them signing contracts with local municipalities to keep these things at uh, over ninety percent occupancy, and then they get their kickbacks, like what uh, what happened here. So, uh, let's get your take on it, man. Yeah, the whole concept of a for-profit prison just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, but at, see, at the, first. it's it's really ridiculous because the the losses are are public like when they build the thing it's public you have to pay your tax right. dollars to build it and then they hire whack and hut or whatever the flip they call themselves now to come in and run the things and they make a profit so go ahead yeah i don't really understand i you know i'm not i'm not privy to the whole system but uh what you know my the whole thing i'm thinking is is what are the penalties for these for these uh prison owners that are forking out all these cash to the judges because they're they're instigating it. They're just as guilty as the judge. I mean, the judge ultimately is the one that should ha have more ethics and morals than a prison owner, I guess. It really should be that, not that not to really qualify that. But anyway, mm -hmm. they need to be held responsible just as just as much. They should be getting twenty plus years as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Because, and that's that's one of the things that I cannot wait for personally. I really cannot wait for the the mass awakening that is slowly coming. When I first started my radio show almost two years ago, man, I did not see hope. I really didn't. I just thought that I could get on air and and you know, I saw I saw Adam do his show, I saw Alex Jones do his show, I saw Glenn Beck do their show, I listened to Joe Rogan's show and and I wanted to do kind of like a blend of all of those. You know, I wanted to have some, you know, I wanted to have some fire and some passion. I wanted to be a little bit like uh, of an activist like Adam. I wanted to get out there and and try to shake stuff up, but I also wanted to bring in some different perspectives from 
from you know other angles and and looking at it, the flip side of the coin and not just having this one mindset about how we need to do things. And that, as you can listen to the the former podcast that I've done, you can hear my evolution as a person. It's kind of incredible because I start out as a just an atypical statist, and now I've moved towards the more, I guess, extreme libertarian views that that want maximum freedom. And I don't think that that's so extreme, but you know, in today's climate, you know, doing anything without the permission of the state is considered extreme. So. You know, it's it's really interesting to see what's going to happen in these in these next couple of years if the liberty movement takes hold, which it should. I mean, damn, it's an easy sell. It's like, hey, do you not want people spying on you and telling you what to do and bossing you around all the time and taking 45% of your paycheck? No, I really don't want that. Cool. You're for liberty. Let's go. Let's go talk about this. So I think that once this starts becoming more and more fashionable would, would be a, a good term to use because that's the only way you're going to reach some of these demographics is through making it sexy, making it cool, making it the the hip thing to do. Kind of like how, um, you know, um, I guess climate change is like the hip thing now and there's people that, that really do believe that human beings and, and all of their arrogance believe that human beings affect the climate and – and I know that you can show right. me science and stuff like that, but I hate to tell you this, guys, but the Earth is going to be here long after we're gone, and it has been here long before we were here. And to think yeah, I heard, that our I heard that story in Genesis, you know, I've heard that story before, where the where the you know ice caps melt and then the whole world's flooded. Yeah, I've heard that mm-hmm. story before. Right. Yeah. I've heard that tale. And then I love how they'll do fear porn and stuff like that. Another, you know, another methodology of fear to get people riled up and try to control them. You know, they'll show pictures of like there's a, you know, there's a polar ice cap that melts and and every year it's the size of Great Britain, but and then they show you the picture or they show you the picture yeah, of the polar bear. Yeah, they'll show you one side of Antarctica, but not the other side where you know. Oh, no, no, it's like the, they'll show you the North Pole. It's like this big glacier melts and blah blah blah, and I'm like. Yeah, and then it refreezes in the wintertime. They leave all that right. stuff out. They just you know, freak people out by showing them pictures and stuff like that. I mean, listen, when it came out that all the climate scientists were making up phony numbers in order to justify climate change, in order to push this agenda for carbon taxes and all that stuff, you know, that's – I mean, that's on record, everybody. And I know that you want to believe in all of – once again, all of our arrogance that somehow that human beings – are going to massively affect the way that this yeah. that this world operates. The big dangers are things like harp that are messing with the ionosphere. You want to talk about some problems if they burn a hole in the yeah, ionosphere. Yeah, Joe Rogan too. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about some problems? You burn a hole in the ionosphere. Holy monkey! And that's also what um, you know what um, where was it? I wish I had that clip. I know I have it. I just don't have it labeled. There's a no, I actually don't have it on here. There's a clip from um from from Eric Dollard about what harp is, and I'll upload it for the next show so you guys can really hear cuz he of anybody that's going to know what an antenna array is going to do, it's going to be this guy. I mean, the guy recreated freaking Warden Cliff from from Tesla. So now, I don't know where I got on that tangent for, but um, anyway, we got about five minutes left in the show, man. Anything else that you wanted to go over um, before we leave here today and, and shut down the show and start working on our um, on our New World Order fantasy draft? A draft. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, you know, I think the draft, uh, you're, you're talking about making it fashionable. You know, I think that's a way, you know, 
that's that might be a better approach, you know. And like you said, you kind of came around, came you came from uh, statist uh, to the more hardcore libertarian through your process of just doing your show. And I think that's just being exposed to uh, more more data points, right? I mean, mm-hmm. more diverse data points. So if we can uh, get people to stop in and listen because we're t- you know putting it in a format that they understand better to to get those data points out there and you know, they can make their own assessment from there. That's that's a big part of the battle, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's it's gonna take a bunch of individuals coming together. Not collectivism, once again, individuals understanding what liberty is and what freedom is and, and the concept behind it and then going out and trying to propagate the message and getting it out to um a lot of different people. Now the Ron Paul T V network that's coming out pretty soon is yeah. going as the Ron Paul channel. That is going to be something to um, to get people engaged. And what's really scare what's really going to scare the establishment is in the next two or three years. And um, I was listening to an interview that Trip Pugh did with um, with Ben Swan. It was a really good um, really good job. Shouts out to you, Trip, and uh, everybody at the uh, Liberty Movement Radio and uh, yeah. Liberty Express Radio. If you guys are if you guys are tuning in on either one of those stations, there's great people on both of those networks. And um, thank you to the both of the networks for carrying my show. But um, if you listen to what Ben Swan said, it's the exact same thing that any nerd, tech nerd, has said um, for the past five years. And that is that that basically cable television, satellite television, all that stuff will be gone in about five years. It'll basically be television on demand. You pay for the channels that you want, and you don't pay for anything else. And all you're basically buying from your provider is going to be bandwidth. And what the providers will probably do in order to make themselves more competitive that's why the new Xbox 360 is coming out. That's why the new Xbox One is coming out, because they're right. getting the platform ready for streaming, and that's all that. It, and that's what he talked about on the on the interview. And that's all that is streaming and, and spying on spying on you like none other. You know, reading all kinds of you know data in your in your um, in your wireless network, basically being able to see your pulse and stuff like that. Creepy stuff, but yet again. You know, if we had positions in place where the technology couldn't be abused or couldn't be grabbed by the government and used against me, I'd be all for it, but won't be getting the new Xbox One. But the side issue is that all of these things are coming down the pipe, and and the technology is moving so fast that the mainstream media is going to die out. As you saw, um, was it the Washington – what what magazine got bought out uh, yesterday? Was it the Washington Post or the Times or – God, I can't remember all of the mainstream publications are going the way of the dodo bird because nobody's getting their information from them anymore. CNN's ratings are going down. MSN, MSNBC, I can't even believe that they're even a network anymore. I mean, if you guys didn't have 30 people in the old folks home watching it just because the channel was stuck, you guys probably wouldn't have any viewers anyway. Or the hardcore left left liberals that just get on there and sycophantically talk about how great government is all day. Um, but... Those are all going away, and the new media is now rising to the top, and I think that that's what's going to be the big trend in liberty, and I think that that's why you see the establishment really freaking out and wanting to clamp down because they know where these things are going. They know where technology is headed. They have all the higher-up meetings. They know what the next big thing is going to be. They know all this stuff. So what do you think think is going to happen? When all of these things start coming together, coming to the forefront, where you're actually going to have real liberty-minded 
television shows and networks and and promoting good wholesome things like individual liberty and freedom and and family values and being a good human being whatever happened to shows that were just like like a, like the Cosby show is a great example it was always a microcosm of at the end of the day just be a good human being to somebody else with the jello and the pudding you see <laughs> I, I know no, I don't I mean, mean to sound like I don't mean to sound like an old man, but I mean seriously, can we get something on television that's not like it's not Honey Boo Boo, um, the Kardashians, and I'm just naming all the trendy things that I can think it'll, of right it'll now. Be, it'll be hilarious when this sort of shift happens, and I think you can kind of see it. You know, you can kind of see it occurring with all these cable providers trying, you know, losing contracts with with these other monopolies of the networks and sort of the infighting that's already occurring just with television. But it'll be humorous because all these funds will be shifting from that, from the you know from the broadcasting media, mass media that we know today to the Internet streaming, and you'll see all these dollars are either going to copy what we're doing or have to create some sort of you know new way of going about things. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And what's going to be super cool and what I'm really excited about is seeing all kinds of independent journalists you know, that will actually be able to do crowdsourcing and get the funding, much like what Ben Swan's trying to do. And, you know, get the funding so they can go out and do real journalism stuff. I mean, that's what's going to bring down this tyranny is not – I mean, it, a, a million people marching on Washington, D.C. to impeach Obama might get it done. But then again, you know, they'll probably never cover it. So who knows? And I think that, you know, my heart of hearts that what's going to happen is that you're going to have a rise of what I'd like to call the alternative viewpoint – because I think that conspiracy theory is great. And so everybody's like, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. So I'm going to coin a new term today. And then just when somebody calls you a conspiracy theorist, just say, nope, I'm an alternative theorist. And they're going to say, well, what does that mean? I have an alternative theory than what your main line theory says. And that's all that it is, is we have, we have a different idea. And there's nothing wrong with different ideas. You know, some people think that that the Jews are behind everything. Some people think that it's the Anunnaki. Some people sure. think it's whatever. It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, you have an alternative theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. It is conspiratorial, but it's just an alternative theory. So I would like to try yeah, to get that brand pushed out there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. alternative school of thought, just like Austrian is the Keynesianism. I mean, it's just it's just another school of thought within, you know, within a... Uh, yeah, within the sector. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's yeah, going to do it, man. We're going to we're going to end the sh- we're going to end the show a little bit early because I got to cut it up and and put some commercials in here for for my uh, for my sponsors. Yay, guys, go get yeah. them. Anyway, so um, but thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. Um, this will be the the fake end of the show. We got about two more minutes, so thanks for listening. Remember, get a friend, get informed, and get involved, and love liberty and freedom. Okay, and now I can cut that. And so now we got about two more minutes, man, and we've got some live air. So what um right. what do you think? What do you think on this new world order football thing? Do you think we should do it um next Tuesday? You think that would give us enough time? I don't know. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get uh you know, what what do we need on each what what twelve? Twelve on each side? It's eleven on each side, need? but oh, eleven but, on each um, side. Hmm. I don't think that. I don't think that. I mean, I really don't. Think Are we the referees? A, I think. 
I think you could almost make like Ron Paul a referee. You know what I mean? Like, mm. <laughs> see, there's a lot of different ways that we can go with this. Yeah, this there's a lot of ways we can go with this. Isn't it really? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to define this, and it might take I'm a little sorry. time. But I, I love I'm the idea. I'm sorry, but this might I might have to break out some old corporate mumbo jumbo here. That might have okay. to be a conference call. We might Uh-oh. have to do a conference call on that. That might have to do a little think tank here. Yeah. Yeah, actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get a hold of Radowski on this, and I'm gonna get a hold of um. I might even try to reach out to um, yeah, get Twitter. everybody in on this. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about, man. About marrying, marrying everybody, getting everybody in. I mean, yeah, it's not even about collective. It's not a collective. It's a fucking, mm-hmm. you know, it just we can work together. It's it's right. all it's it's all voluntary here. No one's being coerced into doing this. Yeah, right. And it's not uh, like, like well, I you got to pay twenty bucks to get in either. <laughs> yeah, and like I say, this is the the reason I started. We are not cattle. It's the name says it all. It's not Jake is not cattle. It's none of that. It's we the people. We 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 the people are not cattle. And this is what I wanted right. to be. Is I want to be the people show. I want to have different people. And not a different guy named Jake. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Let's get some variety in here. Somebody call in next week with a name other than Jake. We do have a right. lot of other guys that are that really do help me out with the show. So thanks to everybody that's ever been on the podcast and uh. I think that's going to do it, man. So um, once again, yep. follow me on Twitter. We are not cattle, the number one. Like me on Facebook. Like my YouTube channel because once I get to a hundred, I'm going to bring back the live taped um, tape show. And I think I'm at like, I think I'm at like eighty something. So good God, I might actually have to start doing some work here pretty soon. We're but do it. Yep. yep, get a friend, get informed, get involved, everybody. We are not cattle, the number one. We are not cattle TV, and love liberty and freedom. <laughs>